You're listening to The Private Citizen Defending Your Right to Have Something to Hide. This is episode 61 for Wednesday, the 24th of March, 2021. The most sophisticated attack. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm coming to you from the springtime city of Düsseldorf in Germany. Coming to you live, streaming this on Twitch as usual. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk privacy, security, politics, everything that this podcast is about. Today, it's going to be about IT security. Um, I teased that um, last week when we did kind of the cyber war thing, that that was preparation um, for some some more topics. Today, I want to talk about the SolarWinds attack, which I was prompted to by several people. So I I thought, let's get this out of the way. Um, and I'd kind of, um, I was busy with other stuff when it happened. So I had to do some research, um, which I did and surprising. I, I thought this topic was boring and surprising. It is relatively boring, but don't turn off now. This is not good advertising for the show. I know don't turn off now. Uh, I'm going to try to make it interesting and I think I'm gonna, uh, put a bit of a spin on it. I'm going to try to put it in context, something that. Uh, as far as I can tell, no, not many people out there have done, uh, unless the context is, oh my God, we're going to die, this is the worst thing ever. Cyber war is coming. Um, so, uh, spoiler, it's not. <laughs> but I mean, I said that I said that last time. So, uh, we're going to talk about this now. I think I'm going to do, I don't know, next episode, we'll see how, how it goes. I mean, something could happen, uh, something important that I need to talk about. But I think I'm going to talk about the exchange hack as well. Um, but um, today uh, it's all uh, solar winds, so I think that's. I mean, there's nothing, nothing special that has happened. I mean, there's more lockdowns in Germany. Um, there was Easter. Easter was uh, basically cancelled, um, and Angela Merkel said, "Oh my God, it's going to be no no Easter and like no days for shop like you can't do grocery shopping you have to shop for like five days uh, a spoiler in germany if you've never been to spoiler it's not really a spoiler if, you, if you've never been to germany uh, we have all these things where shops aren't open on sunday and stuff like that and and and, and on holidays so on easter generally you already have to do like shopping for four days i think because it's usually the friday is a holiday oh yeah usually the saturday is open usually the the, the thursday is open the friday is closed saturday is open and then Sunday and Monday are closed and now they were going to say they're going to do Thursday closed and Saturday then they said oh Saturday is going to be some special shopping just supermarkets and everybody was like what the fuck are you doing and now Merkel had to actually as far as I as, at least that's kind of the news today um, the last I heard is like Merkel had to backpedal for the I think for the first time really in her career like she couldn't really blame it on somebody else either just like oh my god yeah people are fed up um it's gonna be i think people are fed up with this this this, this whole lockdown thing is gonna it's gonna fall apart on them but anyway that's just neither here nor there so really um yeah i think we can what i wanted to say with that before i went on this huge tangent for some reason uh was i think we can get right into the topic And that, that being solar wind. So if you haven't, uh, you haven't heard about this, 
huge hack, uh, according to the president of Microsoft. Uh, this data breach was the, quote, largest and most sophisticated attack the world has ever seen. Now, uh, people wanted me to talk about this. I was like, I, when it happened, I, as I said, I had other things to do. And then, of course, some days later, I did some research. I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is boring. I've seen this a hundred times before, basically. <laughs> um, or like not in in this, you know, the actual technical details of the attack were relatively straightforward um, and relatively boring to me. Um, so for me, this, but everybody else was really interested, right? It's a huge attack and, oh my God, they hacked the, all the American, uh, you know, the, all the, all the, you know, all, all those government agencies and all that. And um, to me, it was relatively like I had this moment, this very moment that everybody had now, I had with not Petya when I was covering that. That you know, that was to me the first supply chain attack and first huge attack like this. And that was something where where everybody was already going, oh, that's probably a state-sponsored actor. They're just trying to hide it. Uh, and obviously, they didn't even hide it anymore. But so I had that 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 huge moment. Um, years ago and so so this wasn't really um so special for me now in um so and you know but people were still like what do you think about this i was getting prompted at the time but i was kind of this was like december and then the holiday came up so i was kind of uh, you know doing other stuff anyway not, not on the internet that much um but you know my, mike brought it up on an episode we had together i was like why haven't you talked about this and he wasn't the only one to say so i think the uh some people were thinking I wasn't covering it because um, this whole thing thing was perceived to uh, hurt Trump or Trump was supposed to have um, brushed it under the carpet because it was the Russians, right? And uh, Trump obviously being chum with the Russians. And so I think the implication was fab you didn't cover this because you kind of like to defend Trump, uh, which I've addressed on the show uh, multiple times, which is just not a not a thing in itself i kind of you know whenever i i can see how people perceive it that way i don't (laughs) i mean i think trump's an idiot i've always thought so i'm just not like i don't like picking on like a specific guy everybody thinks it's an idiot for things that they don't pick up on other people right so for example good example when trump like was like walking funny down the ramp. Everyone's like, oh my God, he's a retard. He's like, he's psychologic. He's like, he's probably, he probably has mental problems, whatever, right? And everybody was picking on him like, hey, you can't walk, you can't do this, you can't do that. And now like Joe Biden can't even get up like the stairs and everybody's like, nobody's talking about that. Like, you know, there's no, there's no mainstream news outrage. Oh my God, the US, US president cannot walk. He is absolutely, he kindly, like, he gets up and then he falls down. And then the White House says, oh, it was a strong wind. And everyone's like, like right, um, strong wind. How, how, like, how could the plane take off if it, like, blows people over? Anyway, um, yeah, so, so I, you know, I, that, that, that was always my, my thing with Trump. I didn't defend him per se. I just don't like people um being hypocrites right and and it doesn't matter who the target is i just don't like people being hypocrites but you know people obviously took that as defending trump and then i think the idea here was because i wasn't excited about this um 
that the implication was that this was also because it was about Trump. And we get to that because, you know, Wiki, Wikipedia, I did some, uh, I, you know, I, I started my research here on Wikipedia. They have a good article on this. Of course, I've read pretty much all the primary sources, but it's a good way to start. And it's like I took a lot of stuff from the from Wikipedia. Some of it uh, I'm going to quote because, you know, it's just easy. It's a, it's, it's a good, concise uh, overview and it's not like that, that there's any like deep reporting that that wasn't here as far as I can that wasn't there as far as I can see. Um, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna, I'm probably not gonna go through through it all. If you wanna see all the sources, um, like all the stuff I collected and then click through and whatever as usual, uh, I would like you to, you know, not take things I say, um, just as the truth. You know, do some research yourself if you're interested in the topic. Go to privatecitizen.press, which is the website, and then you know you'll find it episode uh show notes for episode 61 and you'll find everything but anyway wikipedia sums the whole attack up quite well um they sum it up as follows in 2020 a major cyber attack by a group backed by a foreign government penetrated thousands of organizations globally including multiple multiple parts of the united states federal government leading to a series of data breaches the cyber attack and data breach were reported to be among the worst ci- c- cyber worst cyber sp- espionage incidents ever suffered by the U.S. Due to the sensitivity and high profile of the targets and the long duration, eight to nine months, in which the hackers had access. Within days of its discovery, at least 200 organizations around the world had been reported to be affected by the attack. And some of these may also have suffered data breaches. Affected organizations worldwide include NATO, the U.K. government, the European Parliament, Microsoft, and others. The attack, the attack, which has gone undetected for months, was first publicly reported on December 13th, 2020, and was initially only known to have affected the U.S. Treasury Department and the National Telecommunication uh, was was only, sorry, do that again. Was initially only known to have affected the U.S. Treasury Department and National Telecommunications and Information Administration (NTIA), part of the U.S. Department of Commerce. In the following days, more departments and private organizations reported breaches. Now, what cracks me up is that even Wiki, well, even Wikipedia, Wikipedia being generally written by nerds who are generally uh, relatively progressive and f- often follow the um, the political line set set by the big newspapers in the U.S., which is primarily the uh, New York Times and the Washington Post maybe the ally times who are relatively uh, democrat you know democrat leaning anyway uh wikipedia also decides to immediately like everybody else uh, make this about trump this attack has nothing to do with trump but i'm gonna get into that and there's also like trump was president while this happened right but it's not like right uh you know was the was obama president when the when i think right when the sony sony pictures hack when was that okay i'm gonna look this up um, I actually don't know that offhand, uh, but anyway, nobody made that about. Uh, I don't. I, I think Trump wasn't president because I think uh, I don't know. Was twenty fourteen November twenty fourteen was uh, so that was Obama, right? Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, so uh, yeah, so nobody made that about Obama. It's like oh my god, it's because Obama's president. They hacked North Korea, hacked Sony Pictures. Um, but this, of course, you have to immediately uh, make about Trump, which, yeah, um, Wikipedia does as follows. 
The global data breach occurred over the course of the la of at least eight to nine months during the final year of the presidency of Donald Trump. Throughout this time, the White House lacked a cybersecurity coordinator, Trump having eliminated the post itself in 2018. When the data breach was discovered, the U.S. also lacked the Senate-confirmed director of CISA, the nation's top cybersecurity official responsible for coordinating incident response. What they don't mention is, I think Trump, didn't Trump create CISA? I think CISA was, uh, that's, a, that's a Trump cabinet thing, isn't it? Yeah, that was formed in 2018. So Trump created the damn thing. Uh, it's like this makes it already makes no sense. There are two sentences in it. This whole thing falls apart. Um, uh, yeah, uh, when the breach was discovered, the U.S. also lacked a Senate-confirmed director of CISA, the nation's top cybersecurity official responsible for coordinating incident response. The incumbent, Chris Krebs, has, had been fired by Trump on November 18, 2020. Also at that time, the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, which manages CISA, lacked a Senate-confirmed secretary, deputy secretary, general counsel, undersecretary for intelligence and analysis, and undersecretary for management. Oh, my God! They were. They couldn't do anything. Um, and Trump had recently forced the out the deputy director of CISA. Now, numerous federal cybersecurity recommendations made by the government accountability office and others had not, not been implemented. Now, we're gonna we're gonna get back into we're gonna get into the details of this attack in a minute, right? I'm gonna exp I'm gonna go through all of this. Just keep maybe this in mind. But like, let me preempt the whole thing by saying. What the hell would have tried? Like, if all these people had been in place, if everything that had been fine, like, what would they have done? They didn't fucking know. The NSA didn't fucking know. The NSA was affected itself. The NSA, the US top intelligence service charged with, like, cyber, you know, cyber intelligence service charged with defending the country against this very thing, didn't know. Like, who cares who was president? What's a president to do? This is idiotic. Making this about Trump, I want to say this in the beginning. I mean, Trump's gone now, but still, it still riles me up, even now, retroactively. It makes no fucking sense. But that's, that's immediately the first thing everybody takes away. Uh, and then, then the thing is, like, it's a, it's, it's a cyber attack, the Russians. We get into that. Let's start with the, how this attack actually worked. Um, you've now heard the overview. And everybody calls it solar winds. Because a company at the center of this whole thing, solar winds, which is from, I think, Austin, Texas, um, I think originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, they make uh, network um, analysis software and hardware, I think. But, you know, generally, you know, they make network monitoring stuff. Stuff you use to, 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 to understand what's in your network, what's doing what, important shit. Now, everybody makes that about them. And it's like, oh, they were hacked, and then all their customers, supply chain attack, blah, blah, blah. Which is technically not wrong. The point is, what really surprised me, which I hadn't looked deeply into this, which I, had, I, I just realized like yesterday, <laughs> this actually didn't start with SolarWinds. This started with Microsoft. This whole thing... And we're going to talk about, you know, at the end, I'm going to try. At first, I'm going to give you an overview of what actually happened. And at the end, I'm going to, going to try to do some analysis on this. But this actual thing is like basically a Microsoft hack. It's 
the worst thing was that they took over solar winds and empowered by that they could take all over all these companies and government organizations and stuff but this whole thing wouldn't have happened if microsoft hadn't slipped up this is a microsoft hack this whole thing didn't start with solar winds this whole thing started with microsoft office 365 because these attackers first got access to email accounts on office 365 and from that they got credentials for SolarWind, but let's 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 see what uh, Wikipedia says about this. So, they they list they list all the different exploits here, and um, it starts with Microsoft. The attackers exploited flaws in Microsoft products, services, and software distribution infrastructure. At least one reseller of Microsoft Cloud Services was compromised by the attackers, constituting a supply chain attack that allowed the attackers to access Microsoft Cloud Services used by the reseller's customers. By the way, I had no idea that Microsoft had cloud. Maybe I think I had an idea. Yeah. I've probably written about this, but I've completely like in in the, in the like in the conscious part of my brain. I wasn't like actively aware that Microsoft has like resellers for their cloud stuff because it's so idiotic. That's something only Microsoft would do. Like the only reason why you create a cloud, you know, like Adobe or whatever, is so that you, like there's two reasons. Uh, you want a subscription, right? So you build a customer all the time, even if they're not using the product. The other reason is you want to control distribute, like you want to sell directly to your customers. That's why you, that's why the cloud exists from a business perspective, right? And they have resellers. I mean, I understand that you had resellers for Office and maybe Windows, but it still came like in these box carton kind of things, right? When you could buy them on the shelf as well. But why the hell do they have resellers for their cloud? But uh, yeah, they do, obviously. Uh, you know, think about it. I, I, you know, I realized that I knew that, but like it just hit my brain that how idiotic that is. Anyway, um, so constituting a supply chain attack that allowed the attackers to access Microsoft cloud service services used by the reseller's customers. Alongside this, zero logon, a vulnerability in the Microsoft authentication protocol NetLogon, allowed attackers to access all val valid usernames and passwords in each Microsoft network that they breached. This allowed them to access additional credentials necessary to assume the privileges of any legitimate user of the network, which in turn allowed them to compromise Microsoft Office 365 email accounts. Additionally, a flaw in Microsoft's Outlook, Outlook web app may have allowed attackers to bypass multi-factor authentication. So these were probably, I'm thinking it's pretty sure state-sponsored hackers, right? This is not an attack where it's like, oh, it could also be criminals, right? Or whatever, or, or script kiddies. This is an attack, this is espionage. This is basically what this is, is corporate espionage. Okay, they also hit a lot of, well, it's also espionage because they hit a lot of government office. Um, but like they were, these guys were looking for email, right? Because the thing about email is, I think a lot of the people that are my age uh, or older that, you know, kind of grew up with email think that email is still just a communications medium, right? It's like it's like WhatsApp. It's like an old version of WhatsApp, which is not true. I mean, email is. So these business people who might have you know might be even work in business or IT, whatever. You've probably heard the term business intelligence. It's all this software for this. Email is the original business intelligence. Like a lot of the conversations and all the ideas and everything a company has is in email, and add to that that a lot of the authentication stuff these days 
still works with emails, right? If you're the holder of a certain email address and stuff like that, so you can identify yourself with that. So it's like email is invaluable uh, if you want information well, for other kind of hacks as well. But like these guys obviously um, were looking for emails in companies, right? And so they, that's why they hacked Microsoft, like, you know, resellers or whatever. They hacked the Microsoft Cloud because they wanted um, Microsoft Cloud email services. Like they want to get access to that. And that I think that was their original intent intent. And then they found um SolarWinds later. Right? SolarWinds was was as far as I can tell, one of the companies um that they got access to. And then they're like, wow, this is the jackpot. This is like a network monitoring company, right? If you want to get into all kinds of companies' networks or like government facility networks. We can we can do that by just like owning these guys, and as we will see, their security was just <laughs> horrendous. Um, so I think originally um, this was kind of a like kind of a luck thing, right? They found this kind of by luck, but it's 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 amazing to me that this was like originally a Microsoft hack, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so so. To follow up with this here, um, attackers were found to have broken into Microsoft Office 365 in a way that allowed them to monitor NTIA and Treasury staff emails for several months. This attack apparently used counterfeit identity tokens of some kind, allowing the attackers to trick Microsoft's authentication systems. The pr presence of single sign-on infrastructure increased the viability of the attack. Now, it is interest it is i think fair to note that like a lot of this stuff we still don't have that much technical details on because with lots of these um attacks and as much as there's written about it and it's like the worst attack in history in a declaration of war whatever um as like security um like reporters and whatever you don't get a lot of like the information from inside of the company right you get you, there's a lot of research that independent security um, researchers do that especially I think this was why they initially concentrated on solar winds because um, that's information you can get at like you can um, like you, you can you can have a look on the internet where there's vulnerable service and this kind of thing right where companies have that installed and then you you can you can you can look at the vulnerability with this office stuff. It's harder because it's all the Microsoft cl uh, cloud. You can't really like you can't scan for machines. You like it'll just give you like Microsoft service. You know you don't really know what company uses them. So I think just a lot of more of the public domain information is out there on the solo and stuff. Um, of course, there are security companies, IT security companies who are. Um, paid to do forensics after you know to go in afterwards and figure out what happened but they are under confidentiality rooms with the companies and they don't they're not going to talk about this kind of stuff so we know actually relatively little about this um, like about the microsoft side which i guess is probably lucky uh, for microsoft um, now they 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 obviously got access to these office 365 accounts that's the first step now we get to the solar wind part of the equation the attackers access the build system belonging to the software company SolarWinds, possibly via SolarWinds Microsoft Office 365 account, which had also been compromised at some point. The attackers established a foothold in SolarWinds software publishing infrastructure no later than September 2019. 
In the build system, the attacker surreptitiously modified software updates provided by SolarWinds to users of its own network monitoring software Orion. So they did the same thing as the the other guys, you know, the not Petya guys did with Medoc, Ukrainian tech software. In March 2020, the attackers began to plant remote access tool malware, so remote access tools like a rat is like just a generic malware that you can use to, you know, basically have a backdoor in the machine into Orion updates, thereby trojaning them. If a user installed the update, this would execu execute the malware payload, which would stay dormant for 12 to 14 days before attempting to communicate with one or more of several command and control servers. The communications were designed to mimic legitimate SolarWinds traffic. If able to contact one of those servers, this would alert the attacker of a successful malware deployment and offer the attacker a backdoor that the attacker could choose to utilize if they wish to exploit the system further. The malware started to contact command and control servers in April 2020, initially from North America and Europe and subsequently from other continents too. And then we also have a um, VMware exploit which is connected to this, but which I don't think was used in, in, in the main hack. Um, interestingly enough, um, these uh, attackers got access to a lot of systems that they didn't use. Um, they, they specifically picked, you know, they're very specific high-value high targets, which makes, you know, state, I mean, the whole operation screams uh, state state actor as espionage just by the, how slick it is. You know, the 12 to 14 wait, days of wait. I mean, there's there's few script kiddies who have that kind of patience. Uh, you know, their uh, script kiddies' uh, attention span is 12 minutes, not 12 days. Like 12 days that already, like, played so much Dota that they'd forgotten what the fuck, you know, virus they installed somewhere. So um, I think makes that very likely. Um Basically, you know, standard intelligence gathering operation by an espionage service is what this looks like, uh, which basically, uh, in, in very easy terms, looks like this. You know, you get into a network um, by any means possible, then you gain persistence, i.e., let's say you owned a computer in that network and um, you want you want to uh, be able to still connect to that computer once once it's been powered down and powered up again, right? or you want more persistence in the network on other machines or on routers that are always on so you can so you know once the computer you own with that's turned off because somebody's on holiday for a month you still have a foothold uh, in the network that is generally called um, gaining persistence in the IT security world um, then you want to bury as deep as you can in as many machines as you can and your goal being to observe as much data flying over the network as, as possible Right, so access to an email system would, of course, be um, very good, and um, then you somehow you want to get it out, right? <clears throat> Generally encrypted, so uh, network analysis tools won't recognize it. And they did this; they did this really well. Um, I mean, they had a really stroke of luck by um, finding SolarWinds, finding a company that has such inte integral network monitoring uh, gear uh, in places and then is horribly insecure. I mean, this is very good because, uh, you know, they could hide the, it's called exfiltration, like the data, they, you know, the, the documents, the emails, whatever. Um, they could actually hide that in network monitoring traffic from SolarWinds. So it would like, you know, 
Network monitoring generates a lot of traffic that flies everywhere, so that's easy to hide. Let's say you, like, you know, with something like this Medoc software, right, with the NotPetya, that, like, encrypted the system. But if they had wanted to stay in the network and exfiltrate data, right, if if there's a good admin, like, and if you hack, like, hundreds of companies, there's, there's a chance that somebody's good enough to figure this out. They would, at some point, notice that, like, this tech software is suddenly sending... A lot of traffic, like usually it would just get an update and then, you know, send a bit of traffic, uh, you know, once every two days or whatever when the user does something. And suddenly it's like, like spamming, it's just sending a lot of stuff out there. You would, you would notice. And even if the traffic was encrypted, you could go like, this is not normal. Something, something's up. Um, and they apparently hit this so, so well that nobody, nobody figured this, figured this out for months i mean and they also they didn't figure it out by the traffic uh they figured it out with with other means um yeah so they basically uh very they were very slick about the whole thing i've got more details in the show notes private citizen press if you are in, interested in this um and they you know once they were in obviously via this orion software from SolarWinds, um they would just uh you know, use these Microsoft Active, they had like Active Directory vulnerabilities and stuff like that, where they would just own other systems, right? They try to own the, probably the domain server and then just get like system privileges on, on random computers and then just own as much as they can. To a point where then if you actually turn off, like if there's some, like if you figure out that the Orion vulnerability is there and you patch that, they'll still be in everywhere in your network. Um, which, you know, that's basically how you want to do it. Um, and then, of course, they just harvested as much data as they could and then encrypted it and, and sent it out. Now, uh, amazingly, what I find is hilarious about this is that Microsoft is, is deeply, deeply compromised here and that they, for years now, have been telling everybody, um, you know, um, so as a customer, right? If you're if you're if you're relatively if you have a lot of common sense, even if you're an enterprise customer, right? There, the cloud generally is is a bit of a hard sell because you're giving up control to this cloud company, right? You're paying them instead of like buying software from them every few years. You're paying them every month. It's easy to see that it it, it will get more uh, get you know more expensive. So they need some way to justify that, and Microsoft for a long time has justified this with, oh, it's more secure. The cloud is my, like if if you host your email on your server in your company, then your IT guys have to be really really smart and really good security dudes. And let's face it, you're somewhere you're a small company in Germany. You don't you don't have that good IT security, right? Microsoft is really good at this shit. So if you give us your email, you give us the whole thing, and you let run, let let us run it on our servers, then it's gonna be really secure. And you know everybody's taking their lead, right? That's that's the setting point for a lot of cloud software these days. Well, guess what? Maybe it's not more secure, <laughs> which I find hilarious. So um, uh, Wikipedia says here: the attackers hosted their command and control service on commercial cloud services from Amazon, Microsoft, GoDaddy, and others by using command and control. IP addresses based in the US because IP addresses in the US have to be legit 
you know, good guys. And because of because much of the malware involved was new, the attackers were able to invade detection by Einstein, a national cybersecurity system operated by the Department of Homeland Security. I actually didn't know that this thing existed, so I read into it. It's hilarious. It's like this um, AI computer thing that analyzes all this traffic, and it's like amazing. Uh, what what cracked me up? What cracked me up was the New York Times take on this. So. Um, the New York Times says, and I got a link to the article as well in, in the show notes, uh, says Einstein missed the attack because, uh, because quote, the, because, oh God, I've, I've got because in here twice and this, I can't read it. Like I can't edit it in my brain. So I, I have to live edit the show notes now. Um, otherwise my brain's going to break. So the New York Times says, Einstein missed the attack because the Russian hackers brilliantly designed their attack to avoid setting it off. Which is amazing. It's like, they're so brilliant. These Ru- and this is, this is the narrative, right? State-sponsored hackers, Russian hackers, we've got no chance. They're so brilliant, even the amazing Einstein magical whatever system couldn't pick it up. Now, this is hilarious to me because now apparently it's it's... It's how does New York Times say it's it's um, it's brilliant to hide your Excel data in like in in a network management like if you if you're breaching a network management tool then to hide your Excel traffic in the network management cloud traffic that is brilliant and then you just get a server on the Microsoft cloud right and nobody will notice because it's on the my yeah you're sending you're sending traffic from a, a network monitoring tool right to a Microsoft cloud server. Like, what could possibly ever be shady about that? Like, what Russian, what KXKGB operative or Ukrainian mobster would ever get the idea to rent a Microsoft cloud service or an AWS service? That's all the good guys. I mean, seriously? Are they believing, the, like, th- this kind of this kind of thinking, this kind, it's not, like, it's not the Russian hackers are brilliant. It's not like this is war and they're so smart. This kind of thinking is exactly why it happens. Because these people are idiots. They believe some kind of, like, you know, oh, Microsoft says the cl- well, cloud is secure. It must be secure. Like, if the PR company says, can't possibly not be secure. I mean, it's a service in the US. I mean, they can't possibly be shady. Seriously, um, and that's not only that's not the only head shaker you get. Like you get like if you look into why the solar wind stuff happened, right? Um, we have here. Uh, Where's this from again? Oh, it's also Wikipedia. Um, in November twi- 2019, a security researcher noted November 2019. Right, this hack started like in March of 2020. In November 2019, a security researcher notified SolarWinds that the FTP server had a weak password of SolarWinds123 warning that any hacker could upload malicious files or exfiltrate the whole fucking network. That would then be distributed to SolarWinds customers. The New York Times reported SolarWinds did not employ a chief information security officer and that employee passwords had been posted to GitHub in 2019. So when you look into this, the amazing thing is that actually, oh, actually, I'm I'm getting to that. Um, Actually, they weren't like the, let's say the main attackers were the Russians. I'm not completely convinced, but let's say it was the Russians. Who cares? Uh, Then the Russians weren't the only ones uh, because 
Again, Wikipedia. FBI investigators recently found that a separate flaw in software made by SolarWinds Corporation used by hackers tied to another foreign government to was used by hackers tied to another foreign government to help break into U.S. government computers. And probably, before all the state-sponsored hackers, probably a few criminals got in there too. But there were probably a few ransom, ransomware attacks. Like, I don't know, maybe. You know, maybe the script kiddies could have done it. It's not like these Russians are so amazing. The hack they used, the flaw they used to own SolarWind was reported months before by a security company to the very company. <laughs> That's how brilliant they are. <laughs> they just read some guy's blog. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, it well, probably wasn't on the blog. But, you know, the, the point is, if, if some random guy, some security company can find it, some security researchers, then the fucking... Uh, What's what's the I want to say NKVD the fucking SVR you know the Russian uh, uh, external security service <laughs> keep calling them NKVD I you know I'm reading I'm reading some books on Stalin right now I could I could again um, I, I could as well call them the Checker I mean <laughs> then I mean if 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 some 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 security researcher can do that then you've got to just imagine that they did it and probably some other security probably the Chinese uh, as we see. Uh, were in there as well. Um, another hilarious thing is that, and this is uh, some research that actually uh, my my ex colleagues at Heise found out about. Uh, they did tell their customers like to turn off the antivirus. It is a classic thing, right? Oh, I mean, every software company does. Like a lot of software companies do this. Like, oh, you got problems with whatever. That's probably antivirus. Turn off your antivirus. But these guys are the, they're a network monitoring company. That's almost as if you 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 like McAf McAfee or or I don't know uh, Symantec t telling customers to turn off antivirus because another pro pro program of them you know you know the other software they have to, doesn't work like what the what the actual fuck and of course as soon as this hap hack happened and as soon as Heise got wind and published this um, they put it like they, they put this support document behind a password <laughs> now i'm guessing the password was solar winds one two three i mean how can a company if you read into this right we're talking about a company that supplies network management tools to all of the u.s government the military intelligence services pretty much every fortune 500 company and they don't have a security information security officer i guess yes i mean that in itself doesn't mean it's kind of like the trump thing right the, all those people fired like that doesn't mean like their def defense doesn't can't do anything but still it's like an indicator isn't it uh, i mean ah uh, they seem to be a bit shady like even the um like days apparently days before this hack was published because before all of this came out the long-standing ceo retired and some of the um investment companies uh sold uh, stock a lot of stock in the company they're now under investigation for insider trade <laughs> my god so yeah that's the problem right it's not like the russian hackers the problem is that like the company you bought like the whole US government and all the all the intelligence everybody is buying their software from is shit 
and nobody even noticed. Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how this was discovered. Um, so uh, there was this, uh, there's this cybersecurity company called Volexity. And um, let's read some more from Wikipedia because they write so nicely. Uh, during 2019 and 2020, cybersecurity firm Volexity discovered an attacker making suspicious usage of Microsoft products within the network of a think tank whose identity has not publicly been revealed. Probably some transatlantic like foreign policy bullshit. Uh, the attacker exploited a vulnerability, with other words, political, you know, think tank, political uh, organization, like political hack. The attacker exploited a vulnerability in the organization's Microsoft Exchange control panel and used the novel method to bypass multi-factor authentication. Later in June and July, 2020, Volexity observed the attacker utilizing the SolarWinds Orion Trojan, i.e. the attacker used Microsoft vulnerabilities initially and solo wind supply chain attacks later on to achieve their goals. Relaxity said it was not able to identify the attacker. Right? So they noticed this solar winds attack in July. This whole thing came out in December. And you will now see a pattern. There's all these people noticing these fucking attacks and nobody's talking to each other. Also in 2020, Microsoft detected attackers using Microsoft Azure Infrastructure, or as the Americans say, Azure, 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 Microsoft, Microsoft Azure, or as the, in the Queen's English, Microsoft Azure. Uh, Microsoft detected attackers using Microsoft Azure infrastructure in an attempt to access emails belonging to CrowdStrike. That attack failed because, for security reasons, CrowdStrike does not use Office 365 for email. <laughs> so that's a smart company. <laughs> For security reasons. Separately, in or shortly before October 2020, micro, Microsoft, wait. <clears throat> Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center. Separately, in or shortly before October 2020, Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center reported that an apparent, apparently state sponsored attacker had been observed exploiting zero logon, a vulnerability in Microsoft's net logon protocol. We talked about that. This was reported to CISA, who issued an alert on October, 20, October 22nd, 2020, specifically warning state, local, territorial, and tribal, tribal government to search for indicators of compromise and instructing them to rebuild their networks from scratch if compromised. So Microsoft noticed this. And then this whole thing like months later, blows up because on December 8th, 2020, the cybersecurity firm FireEye, <coughs> uh, FireEye announced that Red Team tools had been stolen from it by what it believed to be state-sponsored attacker. FireEye was believed to be a target of the SVR, Russian's Foreign Intelligence Service. FireEye says it discovered the SolarWinds supply chain attack in the course of investigating, investigating FireEye's own breach and tool theft. So then it's finally out in the open. But it's not like these amazingly stealthy and smart Russian hackers did this whole thing for months without anybody noticing. People were noticing all over the place. They weren't just like connecting the dots and there was no like, you know, I don't know, this whatever the cybersecurity, whatever they're doing over there, right, in their uniforms, probably digital camo because they're cyber soldiers. <laughs> um yeah, they, they didn't just 
any 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 of these if they had looked into the attack right any of these guys uh starting with uh volexity in 2019 uh then microsoft uh in uh somewhere in 2020 uh microsoft threat intelligence sorry microsoft threat intelligence center um any of these guys, if they had looked deeper into it, they probably would have found like the SolarWinds exploit. It's hilarious. Um, but no, it's all state-sponsored. There's all these magical, magical hackers. Um, and then, of course, oh yeah, this is also hilarious. After discovering that attack, FireEye reported it to the U.S. National Security Agency, NSA. Wow, they CIA talks to the NSA for once. A federal agency responsible for helping to defend the Earth from cyber attacks. Also a spy on everybody, but... Uh, uh, the NSA is not known to have been aware of the attack before being notified by fire. Oopsie. Well, like the Russians say, Opachki. <laughs> the NSA uses SolarWinds software itself. Opachki. Uh, and then, of course, we have everything. Uh, everything uh, becomes public and uh, the rest is history. So, yeah, it's hilarious. But I'm already kind of deep into the analysis. I kind of, I kind of feel. So uh, why don't we make that official and move over in the next into the next um, segment here? So this whole thing has been called the worst cyber attack in history, you know, huge uh, declaration of war, I think, in Congress. Um, so so what, what was actually, so what harm was done? Um, a lot of, basically a lot of emails got stolen, right, from government agencies, companies. Now, like, that isn't war, right? We talked about last last episode about cyber war. Like, that, that is espionage. It's classical espionage. Right back in the day, you would actually send a guy to their offices. Uh, he'd ingratiate himself, start working there, whatever, and then at night, you know, copy files on a photocopy or whatever. That that's what this is. This isn't a tax. Nothing exploded. Uh, nobody got harmed. I mean, there's there's financial harm. Yes, um, the biggest harm here for actual like normal people um, is actually that. You know, all these companies, if, if an attack like this happened or if anything serious, basically you have to, like, if your computer gets owned and you want to be, be secure again, you need to reinstall your computer, right? If your network gets owned, you have to reinstall everything. Like, people like Bruce Schneier actually um, would say that, you know, you'd actually have to rip out all the router. Like, you need new network hardware. Because they're, once they're that deep into your network, and they are deep because they own the network manage, management tools, um, they can just put new firmware on the routers and then your router is trojanized, right? So, um, yeah, you have to rip it all out. So that, that costs a lot of money. Still not as bad as the NotPetya attack. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to downplay espionage, but like that's not a, right, that's not, that's not so much of a concern for normal. Like, you know, your company's secrets get stolen and now the Russians or the Chinese know everything. Like, yeah, 
It's probably bad for the company, but like it's not the end of the world, right? You could say it's a it's it's an it's a hit on the economy. Uh, probably is like uh, you know if you if you look at it from a long view perspective. But hey, <laughs> you know what we did in the last year was a much bigger like what we did to ourselves in the last year, which was a much bigger hit on the economy. Well, or the Chinese did with the genetically engineered virus. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, but you know that's that's just. Uh, so it's actually, you know, it's actually relatively harmless. Yes, they now have a lot of stuff uh, about U.S. citizens because, you know, Treasury Department, they got all that information. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of their job and they will get that information. It's kind of a bit rich for the Americans to go whinging about this shit. Um because, I mean, let's be honest, that's what the NSA does to the rest of us and probably also to Americans, right? Officially they don't, but, you know, then they just give us, the, give the BND the data on the Germans and they give all the data they have on Americans to the NSA. I mean, we know this is happening. That's what, and like, they're actually specifically like the NSA, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a German. I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm not. A U.S. citizen. So the NSA is specifically set up to spy on me, on my private life. I mean, they also spy on companies and shit like that. But like, that's a specific attack on the private citizen, to use uh, a term here, uh, which this attack wasn't. This was like on companies and whatever. Yes, your information is in there, but that was not their goal. They want strategic uh, information they can use against the U.S. government. And I mean, that's what they do. That's what intelligence agencies do. That's, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I just don't think, I don't think it's like really that bad. Um, I also like, you know, if we're going to talk about what's this, the Russians, um, right? I don't know if we know, right? I don't know if we can trust the US government. I am thinking it was probably the Russians and they probably know if they know, and then it has to be some sort of like non-forensic evidence. You know, like I talked about last episode uh, about the Bundestag sack, right? That I was reporting on when they, they they didn't have any forensic information, but they knew because they had a spy. They had, you know, they had a spy close to uh, actually Putin's inner circle. And that's how they know. I mean, I'm guessing that's how the U.S. government knows. Um, knows that this, this was probably Russia. Um, I mean, it's certainly... It looks very much like a state-sponsored actor. I, you know, there's really no use to collect this kind of information if you're like a criminal. Um, it's just way too much. Like, it's too spread out. It's not specifically on companies who you can blackmail or whatever. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure it's state-sponsored. But who knows if it was the Russians. It could have been just as well the Chinese or North Korea. I mean, this is... It's, it's very... So it's anti-West, right? So if you look at who got spied on, it's pretty much... It's also not like so much industrial espionage. It's like companies connected to, uh, you know, critical infrastructure or like weapons development and stuff, R&D, stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's the American, lots of American government, federal government things, uh, companies connected to that. It's NATO. Uh, it's some things in the UK. So it's all Five Eyes. There's some stuff in Australia. So it was definitely against Five Eyes. So whoever did this probably was an intelligence service that's opposed to Five Eyes. But that could just as well be China. Like China would have would 
benefit from this kind of information just as much as the Russians do. I don't want to defend the Russians. I'm just a bit irked that's always like it's so stereotypical. Like, like it's really hard to believe that the Russians are really that bad. <laughs> like they're almost like cartoon villains. It's like it's almost the Russian. It's always the Russians. Always Putin. It's always the had some had someone poisoned. It's like it's a, and it's so like fucking textbook like <laughs> Stalinist methods, right? It's like, I mean yes, Putin was in the KGB and the KGB is the successor of the NKVD, which is the successor of the Cheka, and you know it's all like fucking goes back to Le straight back to Lenin, um, but still, it's it's almost. Uh, not believable, but it might as well be. And I don't really care. Who gives a crap is, if the, the state is now in the hand of the Russians or the Chinese? Um, but what I... So, I think, I think everybody is whining so much about this being a state sponsors attack and it, about being the Russians and Trump was unprepared. And this whole, all of these narratives are there for, for a very simple reason. These government officials, intelligence services, and companies fucked up. Anybody. I mean, I said this. Like, I was reporting on Petya. Like, I don't know, when was this? 2014, 2015? I don't know, a few years ago. I was reporting on Petya. And once we understood the whole scope, like two, three weeks into this, I'm pretty sure it was on the Heiser, on Uplink or whatever, when we talked about this. And I, I said, like, this is the new like model for what's coming. And at the time, like, we didn't know. It was kind of like, it looked like it was a state-sponsored attack for them. Like, at first, it looked like it was a, um, like criminals, right? It looked like it was ransomware. And then we learned that basically the mechanism by which the NotPetya thing would, like, receive bitcoins was broken. And you're like, either these are the dumbest, dumbest criminals you've ever seen, and they spent all this, they actually managed to pull off uh, a supply chain attack on a huge company, and then owned all these other companies, up, but fucked up the actual payment part of the uh, ransomware, which they just, by the way, just basically copied from Petya. So they even like copy and pasted that wrong or something. Um, like, I mean, that could have happened, but it's very implausible. So, so you know, and, and then later on, it would, became clear and clear that it was a state-sponsored attack. But, like, we didn't know that. And I'm, I was on a podcast. I'm pretty sure it was Uplink. Uh, I might have talked about it on one of my own podcasts as well. But, like, I, I said back in the day, I said, like, if this is a state-sponsored attack or not, um, it's clear that this is, like, the new standard, right? That this, this, there will be state-sponsored attacks in the future that work like this. Et voila! I don't know if this is the next one. I mean, there might have been a few in between we didn't know about, but like, if voila, it now happens. Like, if I, some dumb IT journalist on the job for like four years back in the day, right, who's, who's just been doing this for like a few years, can figure that out. I expect fucking Microsoft to figure that out. I expect fucking the NSA to figure that out. Fucking CISA, cybersecurity, whatever, right? These, these guys had to have seen this coming, and they fucked up. They fucked up. All of them bought software from a company that was shit, 
right? A company that posted their their GitHub credentials to uh, their their like their their software credentials to GitHub. That's something that can happen to me if I do website or you know my friend the web developer at like the the fifteen people web development shop in Berlin, right? They, that, that can happen to them. It can happen to a small German company. It, it happens to everybody. But if you do fucking software management software or antivirus or anything like that, even there it can happen. But you have to clean that shit up immediately, right? These people fucked up. And the NSA who's using this that software apparently fucked up because sure as hell didn't vet that software correct. Like, you know, they didn't find any of that. They're fucked up. And Microsoft fucked up big time because, as I like to remind, remind everybody, this whole thing just happened because they owned Microsoft's oh-so-impenetrable... Sorry, this is, this is a rant, isn't it? <laughs> it's getting me in a ranty mood. So I hope you like rants. Because that's the interesting thing about this. They fucked up. Everybody fucked up. And now they're basically saying, oh my God, this was like, this was like an act from God. This is like a natural disaster. There's n like, it's these apps, these smart, like, have you seen a Russian hacker? Like, they're just like, their IQs off the shot. They're like the smartest guys ever, right? And they just sit there and they code for like three days straight doing nothing but code and drink vodka. They're like, you know, Boris Grushenko in like fucking Goldeneye, you know, <laughs> hacking out code. You can't beat those guys. And that's the narrative, either that or like, it's Trump's fault because he fired some guy in the CSIA. It's like, that's what the New York Times thinks. Instead of like asking like anybody, especially a journalist in this field, should ask the question, why the hell did your whole government and its fucking intelligent agencies use software from a company that was this shit at security? That's the question you gotta ask, right? That's the question that they try to bury. It's kind of like this, this whole thing reminded me, you know, think about COVID-19. COVID uh, it's kind of the same thing. Basically, our governments all around the world fucked up, right? When this thing hit, they weren't like, they, they, they said for years they were prepared. They weren't prepared. Um, they, they, the measures they took didn't make sense. A year later, they don't make sense. And, like, I don't know about any, you know, I don't know about the S, but, like, countries like in Germany and the UK, where I know what I'm talking about, they fucked up the, the health. We had a really good health system here, like, 10 years ago. They fucked that up. Because they're all fucking money grabbers. They destroyed that fucking health system. And that's what's bit us in the ass now. They want to hide that. They want to hide that their response was crap. And that they weren't prepared. And that they actually caused this. Because the same governments, you know, the same people that are now in government, like, lobbied for, for decades or years to sh fucking rape the healthcare system. And they want to hide that. And so they go, oh my god, this is like the worst virus ever an act from god there's nothing you can do there's nothing you could do we can just you know do it by the seat of our pants and just try to get through this no fuck no we've had a year do some science you know do some studies look at what the studies say do do reasonable shit and this is the same thing this is the same thing you paint it's, it's like classic propaganda you paint this whole thing as like amazing russian hackers act from god that you can't do anything about it so that nobody asked the fucking hard questions what the hell was happening here it's very interesting to me also i think a very good move speaking of propaganda by the microsoft pr department 
to basically push this whole thing on solar winds. If you look this thing up, it's like the solar wind hack, right? No article on this in the New York Times or in the Washington Post starts with, well, first they owned the Microsoft Cloud. And then they had access to all of these emails. And then they found an even juicier, ta juicier target. Microsoft fucking, fucking cloud, the thing that they've been advertising for, for years now. Oh, put, our, put your trust in us. Put our emails on us. We are more secure than your system administrator. Yeah, fuck all you are. This is what happens when you trust them. Right? Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, just I didn't I didn't until I recorded this I didn't know how much it would wind me up. <laughs> a super user uh, in Twitch chat um, who is uh, giving some live feedback says also responsible are shitty salesmen. Sorry for the language. Have you heard me just now? Don't be sorry for the language. Uh, at some point it became a good idea to replace engineers with MBAs. I have no idea how companies get swooned by these jerks. No, you're completely right. I mean, this is a thing that's been a pet peeve of mine um, recently. So I've been watching Helter uh, Steine, um, this Lego. Uh, well, it's he, he does like brick. He talks about Lego and other brick companies, right? And he got he got like threatened legally by Lego and stuff. But that's how I got everybody noticed him. And he talks about a lot about Lego and how apparently like their company, the people designing like the people designing the sets are amazing, right? They're very creative people. The problem is all the other people around them, which I have taken over the company, which are just like these accountants and fucking suits. So like, oh yeah, that's a very nice idea you have there. Now do it with like a third of the bricks and also put all these colors in that we got left over. And then the guy's like, but it's it's like it's it's a submarine it's gray and you want me to put all like these colors in there yeah, yeah yeah we need to get rid of this like that's the problem it's not even like it's not even also all the salesmen it's the fucking um uh like the what was it like the god i i'm so wound up i can't i can't i can't english so i have to look up Words again? What's what's Berata? Like the consultants. It's a fucking consultants, right? Those are the guys who have these idiotic ideas. That's the problem. They're they're like they're they're fucking everything over. So when I'm like, this is actually important to say. Actually, good point, super user. I think. Well, you w didn't make this point directly, but you brought me to this point. Um, lots of the people listening to the podcast are probably nerds like me, and a lot of you probably work in. You know, some of you might work in these companies. When I rage about these companies, I don't rage about you. I know, it's like Lego. I know that Microsoft has a lot of great engineers. SolarWinds probably has a lot of great engineers. But that's that's not the problem. That, like, when I rage about the companies, I rage about the guys who make the decisions. And the fucking engineers don't make the decisions. Otherwise, the software would be more secure. <laughs> They're like, okay, uh, we have a really nice tool here. Uh, but, you know, I know we've like developed it for a year, but we need like three months or no, let's let's say five months to actually make it bulletproof. Right. And the salesperson goes, but, but I clicked on the buttons and everything works. We can release this now. And then they go to the CEO and say, well, this guy wants to make it more secure. And of course, that's like five months. That's like 200 engineers by five months. So we'll save like millions if we release, release it now. Right? It's like game companies. That's why I like Cyberpunk 2077 is shit. Because some investor or some guy at a company who's like worried about investors decided like release it now. 
right? And the fucking developers who knew, like, you knew it wasn't ready. It's always the same. It's always the same. I just wanted to uh, make sure that, that, you know, you don't misunderstand me. It's, I, I, if anything, I feel with the engineers. <laughs> yeah, the, as uh, Jim says, uh, the rest of Jim says uh, in Twitch chat, the, 20, the famous 2080 rule. Uh, super user says, uh, it's interesting how these are often organizational issues like people covering their asses, not technical issues like you say. Yeah, they, they, so the, that's why, uh, that's actually also a good point because... Um, I didn't find this topic interesting from a technical perspective um, because anything like, and I dug much deeper than I put in the, in this episode because I don't think it's actually that interesting. I mean, we can do, if enough people, you know, I would say this, go to private citizen or press desk, contact details on there, tell me what you'd like to hear. Like if you want a technical deep dive, like really nerdy shit on some of this, I can do that as well. But I generally tend to try to, tailor this to you know that so that in air quotes normal people can also understand it and to be honest i don't think any of this technical stuff they, like if you read the new york times or if you watch tv anywhere like in germany whatever any any tv um they always make it sound like oh yeah it's all this hacker magic right and u.s technical people will probably know this even if like your um your your you know speciality of profession is like in another field this is this is magic right any of this any of the techniques they used have been around for decades right even like supply chain attacks like i think Bruce schneier was like 15 years ago was talking about this how that will be a thing and it's just not it's not it's just not really that interesting what i find much more much more interesting personally which is also why i like why this kind of a politics podcast i find the like the society side much more interesting because that is actually like the narrative that is spun around this right how this is a solar winds thing because that's a like it's not a small company but it's a relatively small company you can throw them under the bus you don't want to throw microsoft under the bus right one of the biggest companies in the world and one of the top five companies in the world and like in the u.s they're all in the u.s uh the biggest ones so you don't want to throw them under the bus so you throw solar winds under the bus right and how these politicians are like oh my god it's these uh, these russian hackers they are they are so good and it's a declaration of war no it's not no it's not right when the soviets sent some spies to America, infiltrated like a government office and stole some folders off your desk. You didn't say that was a declaration of war, did you now? Right? You didn't send any like aircraft carriers over the Atlantic, you know, park them in some R Russian Siberian port, right? No, you didn't. And you didn't push the big red, but that is not a declaration of war. That is espionage. And it's, it's also not that like, um surprising now to end to end this i want to read something from uh you know i i criticize the new york times a lot and like like <clears throat> like this company thing it's mostly like the company line um there are very good journalists at the new york times and sometimes they get to write things and sometimes they have you know i often also rag about um, intelligence officials being experts you know like john brennan and whatever scumbag that he is uh you know, these guys who spy on us and then, then explain to us how the world works, great. Uh, but, you know, sometimes there's intelligence officials who write interesting things. Uh, sometimes they do that in the New York Times. So here's an ex-CIA operative. 
Uh, probably, I don't think he was high up. I couldn't find much on him. But then, you know, being a spy, uh, that's not exactly like I'd be more, you know, if the if the Times quotes some actual CIA operative, and then I Google the guy's name and I find all this stuff that I'm like, I don't think he's a CIA operative. Either this is a very good like. Um, what do you call it? A legend? Either this is a very good legend or the guy's just a shitty spy or he wasn't a spy and just some clerk. Anyway, this guy, and I, I, I realize I keep calling him this guy and put, didn't put a name in the show notes, so now I'm going to have to look. Oh, God. Ah, okay. Right, I, I will. I just quickly have to get around the uh, the paywall here because I just want to know the author's name. To give him credit, and they even hide that. I could probably look into the source code, but this is way faster. I'm just gonna quickly um, get around the paywall here. Uh, Paul R. Paul R. Colby. Mr. Colby served for 25 years in the CIA's Directorate of Operations Overseas. He's currently director of the Intelligence Project at Harvard Kennedy School's Belfast Center for Science and International Affairs. Anyway, so this guy said some very interesting things. He wrote a, a column, and I'm going to read out a good chunk of it, basically the best parts, because I agree with this guy, and I don't agree with intelligence operatives often. <clears throat> so he says, there is indignant howling. I like how he starts this as well. It could be like, you know, could be written by me. There is indignant howling over what is surely Russia's role in infiltrating, again, the networks of the US government and corporations. This time through a tainted software update by the company SolarWinds, <coughs> Microsoft. Politicians of both parties have called it a virtual act of war. Quote, America must retaliate and not just with sanctions, Senator Marco, Marco Rubio said. This recalls Shakespeare's line in Hamlet about the lady protesting too much. The United States is, of course, engaged in the same type of operations at, any, at an even grander scale. We are active participants in an ambient cyber conflict. I don't like his use of cyber that much, but you know, that's how they, these guys talk. We are, we are active participants in an ambient cyber conflict that rages largely unseen and un unacknowledged across the digital globe. This is a struggle we can't avoid. And there's no need to play the victim. Just as we use cyber, tool, cyber tools to defend our national interests, others will use cyber weapons against us. Well, you use cyber weapons as well. I like this, this typical spy speak, right? Cyber tools when we use it, cyber weapons when the uh, Russians do it. The National Security Agency and Central Intelligence Agency exist to break into foreign information systems and steal secrets. And they are damn good at it. They, along with the Defense Department, regularly use cyber tools to purloin intelligence from servers across the world and to place foreign information systems and industrial infrastructure at risk. The Pentagon's Cyber War Force, known as Cyber Command, overtly acknowledges through its, quote, defend forward, end quote, doctrine, that the government will target foreign entities and information systems to fight cyber attacks. 
In November 2018, Cyber Command reportedly disrupted the internet access of the computers of Russia's Internet Research Agency, the organization responsible for the disinformation campaign during the 2016 U.S. midterm elections. In 2019, in response to Russian cyber incursions into the U.S. energy grid, Cyber Command reportedly placed malware tools on Russia systems that could enable the United States to turn out the lights in Moscow should a conflict between the two nations arise. Wow. And you're complaining about emails. As solid as the U.S. cyber offense is, the defense leaves much to be desired and he gets he gets to he gets to the point here the defense leaves much to be desired richly demonstrated by the litany of digital disasters including the hacks of solar winds the office of personal personnel management equifax and sony so you know the big hacks uh, in the last few years the reality is that the U.S. government and private companies both underinvest in cybersecurity. Effective defense is a collective effort, but agencies and companies are often clueless and defenseless when it comes to countering the intrusions of countries like Russia, China, or Iran. I agree with almost like aside from like his stupid use of like cyber, <laughs> I agree with everything this guy says. Um, this whole thing happened because there was a company that that does network management tools that was shitty at security that everybody just used without checking. Um, and because Microsoft had like vulnerabilities in its fucking cloud. And if you put all email in one location with one company, then they become a really, really juicy target. And you bet the Russians are going to hack them and the Chinese are going to hack them and everybody else is trying to hack them as well. Um, I mean, that's just like logical. You know, like like this, like, what was this hilarious, uh, hilarious quote here in the middle? Um, uh, An attempt to access emails belong to CrowdStrike. That attack failed because for security reasons... CrowdStrike does not use Office 365 for email. Right? <laughs> that's that's the problem. And not enough not enough companies and not enough like government agencies are like that smart, apparently. Um this whole story is I find it I find it always like to me this is this because I, I've been writing about this and I've been so close to like like I've reported on this kind of stuff and I'm so close to the technical stuff. Um, I understand here what happens to the journalists, right? The, at least the journalists who know what they're talking about, they get so um, interested in like the details and who hacked what and what are, what kind of, basically what kind of bit is where um, that they don't do the the, the large the big picture analysis, right? Where they go, right, wait a moment. Why is nobody like pinning this on Microsoft? Like, isn't this generally a cloud problem at first? <coughs> right? And they also don't go like, yeah, this is kind of, we've seen, we've seen this before. They get so tied up in the details that that is like so, so interesting for them. And then you have those journalists 
And then you have the, I would call a mainstream journalist, but apparently you're not allowed to do that anymore these days. I don't know. It's probably not politically correct. But the guys on TV who have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Like they use terms like cyber because they literally don't know what it is. Right? They see a computer and they literally think it's like that. You know, that's, what's that hacker? You know that website where you can just, like, you just hit random buttons on your keyboard and then the screen just goes like this matrix thing and it looks like you're hacking? That's basically what they, what they, whenever they hear anything, like they hear computer and hacker, that's what, like, you know, so their brain just completely turns off. They don't even try to understand. And, like, I think the public is, 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 is badly served. Uh, by the combination of this because they don't understand the technical guys which you know I, I, I am and I used to be and this is why I try to do things like this um, where I go and you know try to do this more so that maybe a mainstream audience can also understand it because I think that's where the important part is right because they get kind of like they, they don't they get, they get squashed in the middle they don't understand the technical stuff and they don't get a good big picture analysis and then like just this narrative that happens, like propaganda just gets just gets regurgitated so of, often until it's true, right? This, the thing that Bernays says and that Goebbels said, right? If you say the, it doesn't matter how ridiculous it is, if you say a thing often enough, people will start believing it. That's literally how it works. And they just, you know, just go the Russians and the Russian hackers and the Russian hackers and the Russian hackers. And nobody goes, wait a minute, why the hell, why the hell did they hack all these Microsoft emails? I thought, I thought Office 365 was secure. That's what my Microsoft salesperson told me when they came. Like, they don't, people don't, don't think about this anymore. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's like not in, you know, I mean, it's certainly interesting, uh, Technically, it's like this to me. It's like I've seen it all before, but you know, if you wanna, um, if you wanna get into this, uh, of course, go to privatism.press. As always, I have ample show notes. Um, it's a lot of information on there. Lots of links. This time, it's basically links to Wikipedia. But you know, um, if you go to that uh, Solar Winds um, Wikipedia page, just go to the. You know, Wikipedia has a has sources, primary sources listed, and there's a lot of lot of interesting stuff there. Um, one side note, what I also find interesting is the amount of stuff that we don't know, right? Because this is all like espionage and stuff. And there's like, like I, for example, I hadn't, I haven't seen any technical, uh, uh, any technical, I wouldn't even say proof, like data that would like reasonably con convince me from a technical standpoint standpoint that this was the Russians. It's all like, hey, look at this Trojan and the code looks kinda kinda like the like a Trojan that Cozy Bear used and they're Russians. And it's not like, hey, if you're the Chinese and you want to pin this on the Russians, wouldn't you take like one of the Cozy Bear like wouldn't you maybe even like steal the source source code from the Russians? You probably wouldn't even disassemble it. You have an intelligence service. They can probably hack the Russians, get the source code, and use that. Like, that's not even... Like, is that a conspiracy? Th well, I mean, intelligence services, by definition, are consp conspiracies, right? So, I don't know. Um, so, I'm guessing it's like it's like a spy source or something. Um, that, that, that's, that, that That's where they have, have that from, I'm guessing. Um... But yeah, just as a side note, I found I found it uh, interesting. All the details we don't know.
And then, yeah, you know, as Mike said, when he originally prompted me to do this, like talk about this topic, yeah, it's like it's a hack against all these government agencies. But I don't, I really don't understand like what the bad, like why people think, like why are people so outraged by that? Like, isn't that what intelligence, like why are you surprised? Like, are you like outraged that the Russians did this? Like, I mean, as we just heard, the Americans do that too. Are you outraged that uh, it's generally done? Like, if you out, like, if there's one reason to be outraged, it would be like, why the hell uh, weren't they prepared? And then, yes, I guess there's a little bit of that with like, if you say, why the hell didn't Trump do anything about it? But the question is like, why the hell did the NSA do anything about it? Like. How could they, like, why do they have all this, like, fancy Einstein thing when you can just, like, get around, get around that by, like, encrypting your traffic and, and putting headers on it that makes it look like it's network monitoring traffic that you're sending to the cloud? <laughs> right, okay, then, it, like, I mean, script kiddies can do this kind of stuff. It doesn't, you don't need to be, like, a state-sponsored hacker to do that. Anyway, that's it. Uh, I hope you got something out of that. I hope that I made that interesting uh, and made that less boring than I thought. But actually, I, I, I just thought it was boring. Apparently, it wasn't boring because I was ranting about it for, for ages. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some uh, some feedback here. As I always say, please, you know, if you disagree with anything, if you have anything to add, please do so. Uh, contact details are on the website, privatecitizen.press. I had uh, some feedback uh, actually in, in our Discord server from Barry Williams, who's a longtime producer of the show. Barry says, um, so I was talking completely aside from the topic of cyber war last week. Uh, I talked a little bit about the COVID-19, like the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. I'm using that wrong terms as well now. Oh, God, the SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccine, uh, because there's people that asked me about it, what I think about it, and uh, Barry uh, responds to what I said as follows. I agree with you that the vaccine should be completely optional, although my reasoning for that is actually, I think, forcing something on the population can backfire. And uh, Barry's from Australia, so yeah, especially in Australia. <laughs> Just have to look like in Australia, it's illegal if you don't vote. Yeah, I just have to look at how, like what ways people go through to just like vote and make their vote not count. <laughs> um, I love Aussies. However, I do think the vaccine aids in reducing the spread of COVID, although it likely does not stop the spread. Um, first principles tell us if I'm vaccinated and I contact the virus, I contract the virus, my antibodies fight the virus and reduce my viral load. It is likely this makes me less contagious than someone unvaccinated. I did hear on another podcast that there are preliminary studies that suggest this, and he provides the link. Now, I think, I don't think, I say, I'm like, I don't know. Personally, I think the this first principle example is a bit wrong uh, because, um, 
So we, as far from what I've read on this topic, and I've tried to read a lot, but there's, there, like these days you just can't fucking even find anything anymore. You go on PubMed, search anything with COVID, and you just get like buried and shit. It's like coming out of the walls, man. Um, but like it's hard to find stuff, but um, like valuable actual science instead of just like basically the science equivalent of clickbait. Um, but like as far as I understand it, we know we still don't really know how this virus is transmitted as in what I mean by that is like you breathe virus particles in, right? We don't really know how many you need to get infected, whatever, but you breathe them in and you have them in, in your nose, right? At what, like, how are they? Um, so as far as I understand it, this virus is very contagious by, um, it gets into your nose and it starts immediately as it goes into the, cells that make up the lining of your nose and starts reproducing there um, whereas other um, respiratory viruses would traditionally go deeper into your uh, respiratory tract so they go deeper in there and it takes them long longer to be excreted again right but if you're vaccinated yes your body has anti antibodies which is actually not the that is one um See that's that's also the problem with how vaccines work, right? That yes, that is that is one um, upside of being vaccinated, but not the complete one because you are still, like, even if the antibodies have gone away months later, if you're vaccinated, your body can then produce antibodies quicker. The question is, it depends on how the virus spreads, how fast it spreads, and how much how it gets excreted out of your nose again and how much particles you need to excrete, right? So it could actually be plausible that you are vaccinated, you have antibodies, you get the virus, the virus gets into your nose, starts reproducing, like, I don't know, for a day or whatever, until you, like, you know, the antibody response, like, kicks in. It might actually be that the antibody response is kicking in and your immune system is fighting it, but you're still contagious. Like, we don't know. We don't know how long that is. Like, when does your antibody, when does that response set in? Like, how long are you contagious? This is all, like, we don't really know. So I, I, I personally, I don't know how they can know. Like, and as far as I can tell, they don't. And the problem with these studies is, yeah, you can have, like, you, you have preliminary studies that suggest that it's reducing the spread. And I'm with you. I actually believe that because generally vaccines, you know, work. I just don't think they work in, like, completely eradicating the, the disease, but they work. Um, the problem is, it's like with the masks, right? I'm, I, I very much believe that they help. But the question is how much? Is it 1%, 10%, 90%? Like to what percentage do they actually protect you? And that's like really hard. It's even really hard to design a study to figure that out. Like typically you would do like um, blind studies, right? You'd have like, you know, with 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 drugs, right? You'd have two groups. Like you give one group the actual drug, you give the other group the placebo, and then you see what the disease does to them. This year, and then you have a control group, right? You have a group that is that you select to be as much alike to the group that actually gets the the drug, and then you you can actually see by comparison what the drug does, right? And you can't do that with something like this. Well, you especially not ethically. Although I, you know, they were talking about in the U.S. about just doing experiments now where like they people volunteer to get infected. 
um, until now that has been like a big no-no in um, medical science, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, Super user says, the one thing uh, I would say, it's much likely that they will harm you than help you, so A, why not? Uh, it's much less likely that, I'm guessing you're talking about the vaccine, that they will harm you or the mass, whatever. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you on that. I could, that's I mean that's what I said basically, um, but I also don't see it as a as a pri priority. Like from the, the thing I said, it's like for my age group, uh, the chance of dying on this are so minuscule. Of course, I could die. My, I mean, I could be in the whatever it is, like 0.5 percent or something. Right? I could be in that 0.5 percent, but that's like tiny. That's about about my chance to die is if I get influenza. I know it's a completely different disease but if you get it like that's about your chance in your age group in my age group to die it's, it's practically the same a and you know it's like i'm not yeah why 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 not do it but on the other hand it's also why like why 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 be so worried about it right i mean yes you can you can you can try to minimize all the risks to your life but you basically have to put yourself into a bubble and never go out again which is basically what we're doing i think now um <clears throat> So, um, yeah, so I, I, I think in general, I agree, uh, with Barry. I think that's a good point as a, you know, um, I, I also agree that I think it, it reduces the spread. It's just like, it, it's the question so much. And I think, I think we, you know, if we would, be, so if, if these people that write about this and that, that inform the public about this kind of stuff, um, journalists mostly um, if they were honest then they would just say we don't know like we, we don't know like why is that bad why is giving people the actual truth bad and they say la we can't do that because then they will not get back well then they won't get vaccinated like the whole point of a democracy and of the press in a democracy is to get give people the information to decide for themselves yes a lot of people are dumb and they do dumb shit but we have to live with that like that's like we have to that's how society works there like i have you know i i have had a driver's license now for half of my life 18 years or whatever right i've i've had some crashes but i'm not like recklessly driving i'm 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 never driving to endanger other people like to to consciously endanger other people um, but there are people who do this and there are people who kill people on the road because they drive like fucking idiots. And the solution is not for the state to go, oh, let's take everybody's driver's license away or whatever. Like in a, in a, a democracy only works if you respect others, other people's rights and freedoms. And yes, at some point, if they endanger them, if they endanger the people around them too much, you have to restrict those rights and freedoms. If somebody goes around murdering people, you'll have to lock them up. It doesn't work any other way. But like, you can't, you can't go too much down that slope, right? If you go like, oh no, we have to force these people to do certain things. We have to force these people to vaccinate, uh, get vaccinated to protect the rest of society, like. That's, you can't, like, that's that's too far. You can't go down that road too much. Because 
our whole system presupposes that everybody has the same rights. And you can't just go, I don't like their opinion, they're dumb, therefore their opinion is not valid. That's not how it works in our system, right? There are other governmental systems where there's some guy's a dictator and says, I'm just smarter than all the other guys. And I'm making the decisions here. Like, if you want to go to that kind of system, right, we figured out in the past that's maybe not the best system. <laughs> but, you know, that, yeah, so that, that that's my whole point on that. But let's not get deeper into this. I've discussed this. With, I think we've discussed this um, now a lot. And um, I think uh, we can, I, th I think we should just all agree on, on, Letting people decide. I think that's just that's just my default position. I think that's it's always uh, it's always generally better to err on that side. Um, just look back at history, right? I've, I've I've studied history. Just look at back at modern history, and and look back on what disasters and how much grief in human history was caused because the government decided we need to do this for the better of everybody. And how much grief and hurt and pain and death was caused by the government just saying, ah, just give them some more freedom. Let, maybe let them decide for themselves. Like, right? That, that's not what, what's causing all the wars and all the issues. It's always like we know better than the other people. Uh, it's not like, oh, a government gave their population too much freedom and now they're like killing themselves in the streets or like, oh, the biggest biggest disaster in human history happened because we went like oh phew, they can they don't have to wear masks they can do whatever they want and, and suddenly they're all dead of a disease right that's it's negligible to the stuff that happened because government said we know better than you dumb shits and we're gonna decide Anyway, let's uh, let's let's move on here. Please uh, send me your feedback if you disagree on this. We might continue this discussion in the feedback section. I mean, if nobody else writes in some other stuff that I find more interesting, uh, we might as well discuss vaccines. Um, so please do. Uh, there's 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 links to a myriad of ways uh, of contacting me um, in the show notes at privatecitizen.press. And now the show is basically over, but please don't go because this is a very important segment. This is where I say that I can't do the show without you because otherwise I'll get I'll go broke and I can't rant anymore about Microsoft being the actual evil in our world. So if you like to support the show, I'll make it quick. You can do so. Um, it's in the show notes. Details are in the show notes. You can uh, become a patron of my Patreon or you can just send me money via PayPal. Producers at fab.industries is the email address. It's the value for value model. You decide what it's worth to you. Might be nothing. I'll be okay with that. At least, um, you know, if, if nobody, if everybody does that, then I won't be able to continue the show. But there's some, you know, there's some very generous people and they take up slack for some other people. <laughs> and you might just be, you know, might just be out of a job right now. I mean, that's even not, not that unrealistic with what's going on in the world. Um, but I would like to thank the people that have, um, 
supported the show i mean you you also you know you become a producer by by sending me material as well like if you have an idea for a show stuff like that is very helpful but of course uh money pays the bills so i would like to thank all the people that gave money um so those are george's aim to misbehave butterbeans niall donegan michael mullen jensen jonathan m hathy dave steve hose mark holland shelby kruver vlad jackie plage 1i11g, Philipp Klostermann, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Kai Sears, IKN, Fadi Mansur, Dirk Didi, Michael Small, Joe Poser, Matt Jellerman, Bennett Piata, David Potter, Mika, Martin, Larry Glock, Dave Amrish, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Mr. Amish, Tobias, Avis, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Mode 7, Neil, Captain Eckhart, Sandman616, Funky Duck, and D. Thanks to all of you. A uh, special mention again to Jonathan M. Heavy, who, uh, aside from, from paying for this show, also uh, continues to give me good gear in the video game es Escape from Tarkov, which we've been playing um, also on Twitch, if you're interested. And then there's also a link to the Twitch channel in the show notes up top, of course, um, because I'm streaming this live on Twitch, um, as I said uh I'll add the 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 the, uh, the videos always added later on uh, to YouTube if you want to watch it. But you can also catch it live on Twitch. Anyway, we also I also play video games a lot there, and uh, Jonathan keeps uh, keeps help, helping me out in the dystopian in the dystopian Russian wasteland of uh, Tarkov, which we are trying to escape but never get anywhere. Speaking of Twitch, also many thanks to my Twitch subscribers who also pay the bills. Um, if you're on Twitch, well, if you have, for example, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you, you just have automatically, uh, you have uh, Prime Gaming, which gives you one free Twitch subscription that you have to renew every month, but it's free to you. And it's money to me, which helps me out. So thanks to my Twitch subscribers, Mike the Dane, Galtaran, Sandman616, IndieGamiacs, AndyPants, RegimaRF, Mode7 is unavailable, which is Mode7, I guess, <laughs> Halifa, and Alterestris Jim. Who uh, is also in the in the chat? Yeah, and uh, I if you subscribe during um, during a stream during a normal stream when I record podcasts, it's kind of I'll, I'll do it later. But you know, I'll, I'll sing you a horrible song. I'll play on the ukulele and sing you a horrible song. Um, unless you don't want that, there are people who have said, "Don't sing me a song. I'm gonna fucking leave." So that's that's also okay. I would also like to thank ByteMark, ByteMark.co.uk, who's providing me with servers that the audio files are on. Um, which uh, you know, if I had to pay for that, it'll be all over. <laughs> so thanks to ByteMark. And with that, I'm gonna wrap this up. Let's wrap this sucker up. Uh, I'm going to play you out with a song uh, by ELFL. This is some synth wave. Um, the, oh, yeah, the, uh, I have to mention the theme song. Uh, is, is a song called Acoustic Roots by Raul Cabezali. That's the song you hear in the beginning of the show. But now I'm going to play you out uh, with some music by ELFL, uh, some nice synth wave. Uh, it is, fittingly, it is called Sunstorm. I thought I thought that was good. Until until next time, remember aim to misbehave and uh, yeah maybe maybe for security reasons get off Office 365. I don't know, just a suggestion. See you next week. <laughs>